station of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Violence. Violence in Memphis and across America. It is part of the new normal in Biden's America. Yes, and just days after they tell you they, they're going to go all electric in 2035 with those vehicles. Gruesome news some out in California is experiencing possible blackouts and power issues. We'll cover it all. Give you a little ray of hope, at least. That's all that maybe can pierce the darkness during the blackouts in California. We'll get to it all this morning. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. You know, maybe it's the cooler weather in fall, temptation to cozy up, but at least in, in my home, my wife is uh, pregnant and uh, 31 weeks now. We're really starting to get into the the season of uh, nesting and all of it together. Maybe a fall, fall home refresh doesn't need to be a hassle. That's why the fall projects are coming together, getting new custom window treatments from Blinds.com. You can order online. Shouldn't mean having to sacrifice style or service. Blinds.com has a premium selection of blinds, shades, shutters, and drapes. They even have motorized shades to make your life that much easier with a click of a button. Need help making a selection? Their design experts always here for live consultation. You can need maybe a little help measuring or installing. They got you covered there, too. Blinds.com. There's never any hidden fees or misleading quotes. No showrooms or retail markups. And shipping is always free. That's right. Blinds.com. Maybe a chance to get things set off on the right track. And with all the things going on in the world today outside, you shouldn't have to come home to chaos. Make yourself as comfortable and your family as comfortable as possible at home with Blinds.com. See why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatment. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 40% site-wide. Get up to 40% off everything at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Watching the coverage from last night is just, I don't know if you've seen this. Some of it, uh, the, the entire city just absolutely terrified. In Memphis, Tennessee, again, just days after that woman, the mother of two, the teacher, was abducted and killed by a man who never should have been out. He never should have been out of prison. Just days after we learn of this rampage, a man violently driving around, carjacking people, stealing cars, and shooting up neighborhoods, killing four. Is this the new normal in Biden's America? One of the newscasters last night on Channel 5, it looks like, in Memphis, breaking down in tears on live TV, talking about it all. And I know... Memphis is tired right now. Yeah, I'm good. I'm with you all. Memphis is tired right now. The Elias Fletcher kidnapping and abduction and murder. The other crimes we've had this year leading up to this. It's difficult right now. Bear with me. It's a very nerve-wracking night. I can't even imagine what these folks are going through. It is It is a lot for, for anyone. We see we're constantly bombarded crises after crises one after the other 
and this very much feels like the new normal. You know, some people understand this is nothing new. In fact, in Democrat cities and Democrat strongholds, blue states and cities all across the country, they've been experiencing this, and they continue to experience these issues one after the other. In Philadelphia, a resident there saying, very concerned to live in this Democrat-run city. Things got rough in Center City Saturday night with mobs of teens ransacking convenience stores and things didn't get any better Sunday once police say the guns came out. Suzanne Pileggi says she recently left home with her son's baseball bat. I'm wow. very concerned lately and um, when I walk around, I mean one time I took his baseball bat with me just to get water ice. You armed yourself with a baseball bat out of concern for your safety. I did. What began as nuisance and property crime Saturday escalated to something more serious and dangerous on Sunday as those shots were fired around 10th and Market. Councilman David O. pointed to a lack of accountability. The city has to really reevaluate whatever it was doing, whoever thought this was a good idea. It's a really bad idea. It's not worked in the past. It's not working now. Swallow your pride. Get back to providing public safety to the citizens wait wait a minute <laughs> starting to sound like a republican now starting to sound like somebody on the right these defund the police policies these radical extremist ideas this is what has brought us to this point when you're soft on crime when you let criminals run the streets soft on real crime and then you go hard like the fbi <laughs> in in, a in these raids at Mar-a-Lago. Or locking up January 6th prisoners. These are political prisoners in jail cells. In horrific conditions. Now look, many of them were there just to, just to be a part of that day. Some of them felt like they were even on guided tours of the Capitol. And I'm not talking about people who who took place in real violence, they ought to be held accountable, but they ought not to be tortured. That's not the country that we live in. Folks ought to be held accountable for things. But there are, re there are people, Americans, really being tortured in this country. According to the reports that are coming out of some of these dungeons in D.C. So when you're soft on the real crime, the man who kidnapped Eliza in Memphis, the mama too, the teacher. The man who kidnapped her had just gotten out. He'd just gotten out for kidnapping an attorney. He was released. And this individual who shot four and killed four last night? He had just gotten out early. From what I understand in Memphis, the details are just starting to come out, but they have one of these Soros prosecutors. Soros back, Soros paid for prosecutors. Somebody who wants just sheer chaos, not law and order, but lawlessness and chaos. And in America, no matter your politics, I don't care who you are or who you voted for. Chances are you didn't vote for that. 19 years old, running around 
causing pandemonium in the streets of Memphis. Recording it all, putting it all up on Facebook and social media. So how did we get here? This is the new normal in Biden's America with Soros prosecutors running amok. The rule of law completely thrown out the window. Two separate justice systems. Depending on whatever political ideology you have at the time or whatever political affiliation you might have at the time. They are all completely and 100% dependent on the politics of the day. Many are predicting a red wave in November. And I will con- I will tell you that if the red tsunami in the streets continues, we might just see that. But at what price? At what price? Eliza Fletcher killed by a career criminal. Her life and the life of the four others that were killed there yesterday in Memphis lost because Democrats, folks on the left, care more about criminals than law-abiding citizens. And the truth really is, is that folks like Soros care more about chaos and the systematic deconstruction, dismantling of this this nation for their own profit and their own gain for sheer power and control than they care about anything else. Here's Eliza with a video for her her kids, and I think this might have been during the pandemic. She's teaching maybe from home at some point. Her innocence caught on tape. Some of what she had to say to her students, she'll forever be remembered. In such a pure way. Hey girls, it's Miss Fletcher. So before we go, I wanted to remind you of something that we do at St. Mary's that's so special and that I miss a lot. So I want to see if you can join in with me. We're going to sing This Little Light of Mine. Okay? Ready? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no! I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no! I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Whatever we do, folks, let's not let her light fade. Let's not let the light fade of the four victims from last night's spree. In the purge nation that we live in now, apparently, Biden's new normal is America. Let's put an end to this once and for all. Let's wholly and summarily reject these notions that brought us here. Let's take America back. The only way we do that, the road forward, is together. More on that. Coming up in just a moment, the Glory Program. What began with hundreds of people in 2002 is one of the top 5K events in America today. 
about 30,000 people taking part each year on the last Sunday in September. It's the Tunnel to Towers Foundation 5K Run and Walk. New York City event, the signature event, has inspired about 80 other runs, walks, and climbs across our nation like the annual 5K Run and Walk in Hendersonville, Tennessee, community not far from Memphis. That community means a lot to the foundation. Hendersonville Police Master Patrol Officer Spencer Bristol joined the department after serving in the U.S. Navy after Officer Bristol's tragic death in the line of duty. Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home. Proceeds from events, as well as dozens of golf outings and barbecues across the country, support the foundation's program. Register for an event in your area. Volunteer to start one and join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. You can donate even just $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two. It's not just violence. The Democrat failures in these blue states are in many other ways comical in some points at best, but you have to realize they end very badly. Just the other day out in California... The state I'm from, Michigan, we exported our import. The Canadian who then became our governor is now the Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, talking about how California is, in fact, the future of this country. <laughs> she may have spoken too soon. Of course, she's talking about the gasless cars. Going all electric or hybrid by 2035. That's what California Governor Gavin Newsom wants to do. And in in fact, I I'm look. I gotta tell you, I really like the Teslas. I think they're cool. I think the the tech is neat. Um, maybe I'd get one if I wasn't in a uh, state that had snow on the ground uh, a majority <laughs> majority of the time for the year. I don't know how that thing would handle. Uh, in the snow and the cold with the battery, et cetera. But I, I, I think they're neat. I just, I, it, it can't be the only car. And, and I, I have some other issues as well. But, you know, you think about this. They're having issues with their power grid. They're having issues. In fact, in Michigan, we were told the Midwest, MISO is what it's called. But the Midwest in our grid could possibly have issues this summer, too. Not enough juice in the grid to go around. When they have hot days, especially here in places like Michigan, well, you get the you get the air conditioning working overtime, so you you've got to kind of pull from other states ar- around the this state, and that's what this grid, uh, this agreement between these states does. In California, it's even hotter. And they're having issues providing juice to people, you know, air conditioning, things like that. They keep you alive in places like California. They're having issues before anybody ever plugs their first. Well, they've got a few Teslas plugged in, but I don't know if you've seen the pictures now. They're running around with generators, generators, oh, gas generators. They're throwing gas in a generator to power their Tesla. Here's Jennifer Granholm talking about 
California becoming the future of this country. California is in the lead, can show the rest of the nation how it is done. Warning just coming in from CalISO, who runs the power grid in the state. They say they expect demand for electricity to outpace supply tomorrow. And they say that means rolling blackouts are likely. They've issued a flex alert from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. tomorrow night. And during a flex alert, again, you are asked to set your thermostat to 78 degrees or higher, avoid using major appliances, and turn off all unnecessary lights. There it is, folks. The future. The future is very dark. In fact, it's a blackout, apparently, for these for these folks. And I, here in Michigan, we got Biden on the way. The resident is on his way to the international auto show which is set to take place a little later on this month that i'm sure Granholm will be with him the energy secretary and i don't know if you know this but we have a new resident here in michigan we're excited about this in fact he's moved here in a possible bid for governor in 2026 or or maybe even run for senate but mayor pete from south bend indiana is now the transportation secretary does such a bang-up job as Secretary of Transportation, he has moved here to Michigan, uh, eyeing a run at the Senate down the road. I'm sure he'll be there at the International Auto Show this this weekend or the coming days here in Michigan. I, I just can't wait for that brain trust, those three to get together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder what that conversation's like. Meanwhile, the conversation with real Americans, C-SPAN could not hold this one back. Black man from New York City calling in to slam the Democrat policies in that particular city, in that area, that are causing the rampant rise in crime there, too. As a New Yorker, um, for the most part, um, pertaining to law and order and issues of the country um, nationally, I believe the Republicans are better. Why? <laughs> As a New Yorker that lived in New York from uh, Mayor Koch through uh, Mayor Bloomberg, Democrats, and particularly these days, in all honesty, as a black man telling the truth, Democratic mayors, that's black, whether they're male or female, Democratic um, police commissioners, that's black, male or female, Democratic cities, they're run into the ground. Uh, the black mayors, the black police commissioners, be they male or female, they don't really put the hammer down on crime. They're real soft on crime, as opposed to the Republicans, who, of course, are hard on crime, and they're way more supportive of the police, as opposed to the Democrats, more supportive of the victims of police brutality. So, in my opinion, nationally, city by city, Crime-wise, you might want uh, Republicans as your mayors, as your police commissioners, whether they're white or black, whether they're male or female, because they're more inclined to take crime more seriously and be more inclined to protect and support the victims of crime. I wish this is a a, a video program. I wish you could see the look on the face of the woman at C-SPAN who was watching the caller. Uh, lay it out. Lay out the cold, hard truth, the facts. Well, how do you take your country back, especially as you see it slipping in as fast as you they talk about the slippery slope? Folks, we're in the middle of it right now. We are watching the avalanche build. How do you take it back? How do you stop this? It starts 
with elections. They have consequences. And elections with shenanigans have even greater consequences. That's why it's so important that we keep an eye on everything that's going on in this upcoming election here in 2022 in the midterms and beyond in 2024. What's happening? I'm going to give you a glimpse into a purple state here in Michigan. What's happening in our own state? And, of course, maybe some tips on what you can do in your state as well. Coming up, we'll talk to a man who's at the forefront of a lawsuit here in Michigan and, of course, legal action to secure our elections here in Michigan. Because, you know, elections, they are a matter of national security. We'll talk about how you can stand up and fight back after this. Justin Barkley and today for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. Back next. And I'm watching the news here. Queen Elizabeth under medical supervision. Watching uh, the latest in, uh, uh, I guess, out of the UK. And this is, she's in Scotland. Uh, the latest on that, should anything happen, we'll uh, we'll cover that, I'm sure. As the morning unfolds, wishing her the best. And, of course, uh, folks, uh, my, my name's Justin Barkley, by the way. I'm filling in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. It is always an honor to be here, not just because of, of the, the platform and the size of the audience. It's not the quantity. It's the quality of this audience. You know, the people that listen to this program on a daily basis, um, I, I have to tell you, every time I get a chance to fill in and be here, it just, it's, it's incredible. I, I have an amazing time. But it's because folks like you come together, they're working behind the scenes, looking for solutions. It's one thing in talk radio for us to get together and talk about all of the things that are going on in the world and complain. And I'm, you know, there's a fair bit of, of that. And by the way, I, I think some of that can be healthy too. But I think this audience understands the gravity of the situation. In other words, I think we understand the weight of where we are today for such a time as this, that things matter. And it's up to us to take action and provide solutions. One of those individuals who's doing that behind the scenes right now, Dan Hartman joins us. He's an attorney and, in fact, uh <laughs> Dan has a quite an interesting story. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about some of those other things and why he's doing what he's doing right now. But he's involved in a lawsuit in Michigan that you're going to want to hear about when it comes to the security of our elections. Dan, welcome in. Appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So, brother, I've got to ask you because this, I mean, yes, you are an attorney, but you kind of gave that up and you went out to uh, to to. Pr- to do something else, I guess, in the private sector, and you don't have to get into everything that you're doing, but there was something that pulled you back, kind of pulled you back into the arena. And I wonder if you might just share a little bit of that before we get into how you're fighting to secure elections here in Michigan and throughout the country. Yeah, so during the uh, 2020 election, I live in uh, northern Michigan, which is an area in which you can tell um, people vote in their yard by their Trump's, uh, Trump signs or their Biden signs <laughs> well before the election. And um, I was driving to a trial that I was, one, it was my last jury trial before I was going to be stepping back from criminal defense work to Antrim County. And of course, I was well aware that there was 
only three Trump signs in a 45 minute drive from my house in Petoskey uh, all the way into Antrim County. Uh, I'm sorry, there was only three Biden signs during that entire route. And when I saw the returns on election night, I actually screenshotted the original posting in Antrim County. And then I followed that because the trial that I was handling was in Antrim County. So I I initially followed what happened in Antrim County, but um, I had seen leading up to the election, a lot of people may have forgotten this um, and may not know because they're not from Michigan, that uh, Project Veritas had a whistleblower come forward uh, about things and irregularities at the U.S. Post Office in Traverse City. And they had a whistleblower that was kind of active at about that time. Mm. So the mail for Antrim County also goes through Traverse City. And um, the judge that was handling the Antrim County case was the same judge I had my trial in front of. And uh, I, I know him to be a good judge. And so I was watching that case quite quite closely. But I wanted to look at uh, what was going on in Leelanau County, which is in the same circuit court. So our circuit court encompasses three counties. So it had circuit court was in Antrim, Grand Traverse, and Leelanau counties. And I just pulled up the uh, results from Leelanau County, which is an area where there's a lot of, uh, it's a bedroom community of a lot of second houses. It's a very nice resort area. And I was shocked at the uh, comparison of the voting turnout to the actual uh, residents that uh, were uh, attributed. At that time, the only census data was 2019. And um, I was able to find precincts, two of them, in which there were, by my calculations, more uh, ballots cast than uh, voting age population adults. Mm. And so that kind of tripped me off, Justin. And I uh, I did just a quick analysis, and I looked at the uh, comparison of the 2020 to the 2016 election. I started just looking at publicly available registration data. And based upon uh, the turnout, um, you can go on the Michigan Secretary of State website right now here today, and you can see that they have more than 8 million um, registered voters in Michigan. There are only 7.9 million voting age population, according to the 2020 census. And uh, so I began what I would call was to do an analysis based upon record turnout. And Michigan uh, has always reported our record turnout, and it has been 63% of the voting age population is how they do it, because it's not based on registration, it's based on voting age eligible adults. We had, um, under that calculation, Michigan had 600,000 more ballots than would be expected. And I, wow. so that was what really tripped me. So I began to just try and wonder because I looked into some precincts. This is happening like two days after the election. I looked in some precincts where I'd been to East Lansing and I knew this neighborhood and I knew the Trump signs and I knew East Lansing was in Ingham County. So I looked up uh, Ingham County and I was finding precincts where they had a 22% turnout next to precincts that had an 80% turnout. So I was suspicious that some ballots had not had been removed and other ballots had been added. And um, so that was the initial concerns. So, um, you know, I I sent out my first uh, Freedom of Information Act request on November 10th of 2020. And um, 
uh, if you guys remember, uh, Justin, I'm sure you remember, this was the height of the COVID, and my uh, my private business is in healthcare. And so I was monitoring a uh, bridgemi.com website, which is basically the Michigan's official um, propaganda from, from our Michigan state. And on, um, on October 31st, or on, maybe it was October 30th, I happened to catch an article by the Bridge MI in which they said that, um, this is days before the election, that a clerk in Muskegon County had contacted the state police because she had 5,000 absentee voter applications dropped off in a box and it looked like it was the similar handwriting. So I have actually FOIA'd and never yet received that police report. Hmm. So my my original theory of how the uh, election in Michigan was affected was that there was going to be uh, uh, ballot box stuffing, which goes all the way back to the Civil War. Our, our country has had that issue. So that was kind of where it got started. Dan Hartman's with us right now. He's an attorney. You filed a lawsuit. This is probably the biggest news here in Michigan. Let's let's get into that. You filed a lawsuit, uh, but you've also sent letters to local clerks. Uh, this is kind of your way of fighting back. Let's talk about the federal lawsuit. What is in this lawsuit, and what do you expect to come out of this? Okay, so uh, a lawsuit has a case or controversy, then it seeks remedy, and then it has parties. So let me kind of lay that out for you. Uh, um, I've come to understand that one of the many problems with our election system in Michigan is the use of uh, uh, electronic voting systems. And so um, if I were to tell you that I was a brain surgeon um, and I were to report to a hospital for duty, you would check my qualifications and my credentials. And you would make sure that I actually graduated from medical school that was uh, accredited by the uh, medical, the American Medical Association, and that I actually, they have certified that I meet the minimum competency in order to, uh, to perform that surgery. So uh, a gentleman came to me who is from the America's Project, who is an attorney from out of state, and he had done this research. And what he said to me was that the voting systems in Michigan are not certified by an accredited um, entity, a laboratory, as required by Michigan law. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're telling me that if we went out to hire a voting system and we asked for their credentials and their, uh, nobody checked to see if they were certified to do exactly what uh, they are doing in our system, and that's what the lawsuit is about. And so let's talk about real quickly, Justin, if I could, the difference between certification and accreditation. Certification is a compliance term that says that somebody has verified that you meet the minimum standards. And there are standards or guidelines in which, um, uh, you know, you have a minimum level in order to have a passing score. And secondly, the guidelines related to voting systems were published by the United States Election Assistance Commission, which is part of the Help America Vote Act. And they are focused on uh, security and transparency to make sure that not only is the electronic systems um, uh, not able to be compromised so that they will accurately report a vote as cast, but that the people that want to check and verify and look at the audit trail 
have a transparent record that they can review. So in short, um, we have this uh, system of guidelines. There's been three sets issued by the United States uh, Election Assistance Commission. The 1.0 came out in 2005. Version 1.1 came out in 2009. And a current version of 2.0 came out in 2021. So accreditation means that a person uh, is has the requisite training and experience to declare whether or not you are certifiable and you've met those requirements. So um, in Michigan, we use three separate electronic voting systems. And when we talk about an electronic voting system, this is to read the ballot, to uh, then take the ballot information and convert it to a table. That's called tabulation. Um, so it reads the optical image, just like if you put a lottery ticket in and you've colored in little squares and it comes back with a printout of some numbers. That is basically what a tabulator is supposed to do. It's supposed to convert the information from your ballot into a line in a spreadsheet where it shows the first ballot scanned and then it shows the result for each race. And then at the bottom, it is supposed to add up those columns and it produces a report uh, called a, uh, the tabulator tape, which tells you what uh, was the outcome of each individual race. Very Hey, Dan, Dan I, I, we've got to take a quick break here, but I just want to put the, the headline out there. What you're saying is that there are Michigan's the voting machines that aren't certified. They hadn't been. And your lawsuit says... That that needs to that needs to happen, and you're you're looking for a remedy. There. Let's talk about what that might be when we come back. We take a quick break, and of course, talk about the letter you sent to clerks here and why that might be important. And folks throughout the nation may want to use some of these strategies. Dan Hartman, an attorney, with us talking about how to make sure that security in elections continues here, not just in 2022, but beyond, and what we need to know about it. Some of these things are very confusing. I understand. He's giving us a like a college level course here. We'll try and break it down for you, folks. Coming up. Justin Barkley and for the Glenn Beck program coming up next. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Dan Hartman, an attorney out of Michigan, has filed a lawsuit. The machines apparently used in the last election weren't certified. So, Dan, I want to make this as simple as possible. Imagine a fifth grader here. You found out the machines weren't certified. In fact, like your iPhone has to have a new update. These machines haven't been updated in how long? Well, so uh, 24 of the machines did not have a certification at all. And 48 of the machines that are used, 48 systems, these are 83 counties, had been certified by a company that was not accredited. And so what ends up happening is, when we're going into the 2022 election, the one company that had 24 machines that were used in Michigan that were uncertified has certified them to the 2005 standard. And if you mentioned the iPhone, all right, right, wait, um, wait a second, wait a sec. I got to, I got to break you up. So that, so 2005 standard. This is, this is, you know, almost, almost 20 years ago. So, so why is this certification important? I can imagine security issues and other things as well. Correct. So it's about cybersecurity. It's about making sure that the system is protected from foreign or domestic interference or alteration, making sure that the code works as it's supposed to, and making sure it's a transparent process 
that a citizen can follow the audit trail. So those and I don't want to cut you. I don't want to cut you off here, Dan. But but we are up against the clock. So what does your lawsuit seek to do? Well, it has three requests. Number one, it says that the 2020 presidential election should not have been certified and therefore needs to be rerun. Number two, it asks to preserve all election data from 2020 so that when the federal mandatory uh, protection expires, the judge would extend that. And third, it seeks to not use the machines unless they're properly certified uh, by an accredited company in the future. Dan Dan Hartman, thanks for joining us. Um, We're going to get people in touch with you. If folks want to get in touch with Dan Hartman, reach out. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and of course all over the place. So make sure that you can talk to him and find out how you can check on these systems in your own state or municipality. It's important. Folks are working together to make sure these elections are secure. It's a matter of national security. Justin Barkley in today on the Glenbeck program. Back after this. This is the Glenbeck program.